Hello, everybody. Welcome to part two of the massive holiday special of Sparks and Rack, episode 46. We will get things started off here with the monthly meta mashup, the crowd favorite. Segue into Hunters and Travelers, Community Roundup, and Tap It or Scrap It. Hope you enjoy the massive two-parter, everybody. Without further ado. Right, uh, this month's monthly meta mashup for December of 2023. It's going to be the last one of the year. Um, pretty exciting, and we've had we've got two patches to look at this time. Um, so our first patch, which we'll be starting on, will be the Barbarian is very OP patch, and the Monk just got nerfed. Um, and yeah, it's a bit of a wild one to say the least. So it lasted for about three weeks, so we've got a decent bit of data. Um, and yeah, so, uh, let's start off barbarian. Um, so last month the monk had a win rate of 75%, which was the highest number we'd ever seen. <laughs> the barbarian <laughs> took that personally. Oh boy. <laughs> it took it very personally. Uh, human barbarian in the three weeks it was overpowered, uh, was a 79.58% win rate. What? And when you say overpowered, that's when the skill let you just straight up draw two cards, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In addition to having the highest win rate, it also was the most played class on the patch. Uh So everything else's win rate in the game has tanked significantly um, Mm -hmm. because everyone was playing Barbarian and everyone else was losing. Um, (laughs) Me personally... I played, uh, I think it was 31 games with um, the zero gold uh, skill to draw two cards. I lost one. Wow. I lost a single game against Horgle's Necromancer. Uh, shout out. Uh, and then I won the other third. Um, I think he got some early healing and I think he got like a close ranks or something like that as well. Um, mm, yeah, so that'll do it. That he, do it he won the damage game. race. Uh, and when he killed me, he probably had about 10 HP left. So. Uh, okay. Like was close, but yeah, won every other game, including multiple games against clerics, which has traditionally been the thing that wow. beats Barbarian. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I played three or four games against clerics personally and won all of them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Barbarian, very OP, uh, 79% win rate. They did nerf it next patch. Good job, WWG. Um, even though it was OP, I did like that they changed it because the previous va- version of Barbarian was boring and felt like it did do anything. So yeah. as much as they did make it over OP, it was a step in the right direction for fun, which is important to look out for. Um, Bard has been a bit of a topic of the month. Uh, so before the patch where I got nerfed, it was sitting at a 48% win rate, which was the highest of all non-ancestry. So it was the second best class in the game prior to its nerf. Um, but just because the stats in Barbarian were so high, 48%, why are you nerfing it? No, Barbarian was 79%. It was beating everything. Uh, I think the only other thing that had above 58%, above 50% win rate on that patch was Small Folk Wizard, which has mm. traditionally been doing very well ever since it came out. But yeah, everything was struggling on the Barbarian patch. There's not really worth talking about any other win rate beyond Bard being with the second best, and also it had a very terrible matchup into Barbarian. So if Bard did not get nerfed, I predict it would have been the top dog on the next patch by quite a lot. 
Um, yeah. Monk's win rate from its nerf dropped from 75% down to 41. Um, oh. And I think WWG thought that went a little bit too far. Um, when I say 41, it's sitting around the win rate of, uh, of Necromancer when that happens. So they thought mm, it might've gone a bit too hard. Let's give it some compensation buffs. Um, and now we'll head into our next patch, which happened about two week two weeks ago at this point. Um, so we've got enough data to make some sort of semblance about what's happening. Um, and we've got two top dogs in the meta now, the barbarian and the monk. Um, both the barbarian is at a, uh, a 69% win rate. And the monk nice. is at a 68.69% win rate. Um, so also nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's where we're sitting at the moment. Uh, Barbarian and monk are at the top of the who, meta. Um, who wins head-to-head between Barb and monk? Monk is monk. Uh, slightly favoured. in, According to the data, monk is slightly favoured. Uh, my personal experiences say that Monk is highly favored, um, but I think there might not be any as many people playing the uh, heal sixteen draw two. Spe- yeah. Not everyone's playing the heal sixteen draw two and Monk, which is pretty good in the in that matchup. Yeah, sure. um, so yeah, those are our two top dogs. Uh, the Bard, unfortunately for it, has fallen down. It is now a forty two percent win rate, mm. um, which puts it at the same level as the Necromancer. Uh, the Druid has actually seen a resurgence in this patch and is spiked up to 50% win rate. Good on it. Um, we'll the, main, the main reason for that is that it beats Barbarian. Um, so it helps keep its win, helps keep its win rate up. Makes sense. Uh, wait, no, sorry, no, it's losing its Barbarian, sorry. I think it's just picking up. It's just I think Zembru had a queue. He did some really good stats. On, he got a really good win rate, and that's helped <laughs> keep its win rate up. Um, but yeah, like it's winning games. Like Zambu's not going to win sixty percent of his. I know he won sixty percent because he told me. Um, but Zambu's not going to win sixty percent of his games on a bad class. So it's good to see the Druid has got some, some something going for it at least. It's uh, just the big thing was how the ability, like the the ability, yeah. isn't like fun like it used to be. It, it yeah. seems like the class still has power, you know, yeah. with the the rabbits and the drawing and the circlet and. Well, it has the best armor in the game, right? Probably. It's probably the best armor, or either that or spectacles. The problem, yeah, it's just the ability sucks. It's not, it's just horrible. It's the worst effing ability in the game. And if you have an ability that's not fun to do, then it's like that's half the character, you know, and that's half the identity and playing style of the character. Uh, I Um, I will say this, and I've mentioned it a little bit too, and I think it's the Necro's part of it, and this could be, I could be totally wrong, but. No one's been playing Druid or Necro. People have forgotten how to play against these guys. Huh? So when you see them pop Plen- up a no, little bit... Pl- plenty of people are playing Necromancer. It's one of the most popular classes. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Um, okay, maybe that's just me people not playing, playing enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's just me not playing enough. <laughs> uh, interesting. Yeah, well, that's good Necro- that people are playing Necro. Yeah, um, people, are playing, people have been playing all the beta classes except Druid consistently um, ever since mm. Monk has come out. Uh, so the numbers on... Uh, Necro has been a little bit lower since it's got enough, but people still are playing it. So yeah, well, Necro still—it feels like a Necromancer still, right? Even though it might yeah. be a little uh, underpowered. But the Druid, yeah, we as as we know, uh, as we know, my feelings on this—it's just not not fun to play with. Yeah. Um. Yeah. um continuing on, uh, Alchemist is uh, following the nerfs to Barbarian. Alchemist went back above fifty percent again, so it's in a 
Uh, I'd argue that 50% is overpowered. Above 50% is in a state of being overpowered on a human ancestry. Um, mm. So that's just the nature of competing. If you are competing against ancestries um, as a human, when your ancestries come, you're probably going to start pushing your win rate even higher. Uh, so, and there, yeah, Small Folk Wizard continues to do well and pretty much everything else is below 50%. Um, with a weird spike back, Ogre Fighter got a nice little spike to its win rate. Uh, the Fighter Joust definitely helped. Uh, mm. I posted this in the uh, Discord. <laughs> I think one human fighter has beaten the Ogre Fighter and the Ogre Fighter has won every other fighter matchup uh, in the last five weeks. Um, <laughs> Sweet mercy. Surprise. So it's about, it's about 95% win rate or something. It's a higher than 95% win rate against every fighter in the last five weeks. Uh, so if you didn't take Ogre... Now that the... The, the fighter joust is over, but if you didn't take Ogre Fighter to it, it was a major mistake, is basically <laughs> what we're trying to say here. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, and also, o- Ogre Fighter does beat Barbarian, and that Barbarian's the most popular class on the patch. That's really helped the Ogre Fighters win rate out a lot. Um, okay. Because, yeah. uh, again, as I've always said, Fighter wants to kill you, and Barbarian kills itself. So ogre fighter, so fighters really like barbarians because the barbarians doing their job for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I no, like I, that there's a counter out there yeah. to the barb. Yeah. You know, it's nice, and that it is fighter. Um, yeah, fighter being a good answer to some things is a as a healthy thing for the metagame. Yeah. I think for sure. Yeah, but yeah, uh, more general stats that we see in terms of like barbarians win rate is that it tends to do better into everything that fighter does. Um, however. The trade-off to that is it now loses to fighter. So it's just a better oh. fighter, except when it's playing against fighter. Hmm. So you might as well play barbarian unless you yeah. know you're going against a barbarian, in which case switch to fighter. <laughs> Got <Yeah>. it. <laughs> switch to ogre fighter specifically. Because <laughs> yeah. if you pick if you don't pick ogre fighter and your opponent picks ogre fighter instead of barbarian, then you'll lose. <laughs> yeah. Um the report again will be a bit delayed. I'm going on holidays tomorrow, and I'll be away for about a week. Um, so uh, expect to see. And the good side of that is we might get some more numbers on this current patch. Mm. Um, so we'll be able to flesh out basically the full effect of the balance changes a little bit more of these two patches. And yeah, after that, I imagine the next monthly meta mashup will be at level sixteen. Ooh, exciting wow. times crazy crazy stuff man yeah, we're flying through it here and thanks again for putting this together just remember though coop your paycheck will not clear until you submit your next uh, <laughs> monthly matchup right up on yep. the website i look forward to seeing my zero dollars in my bank account your zero i do, dollars I, do I do actually do this for the fun of it uh, i love <laughs> I, all the data and all the we stats all do. So we all volunteer nice. our time and it's yeah. much appreciated coop really you do such great work with it and such really valuable insight and it, it's really good to see the hero helper data being analyzed like like this so thanks a lot for your work with that but all right guys let's keep them rolling uh we promised a hunters and travelers quick review and you know what screw it we're gonna do it we're gonna jump right into it double dubs is pondering bailing he's like should we skip it i'm like no dude we're going straight through it go to the bathroom really quick relieve yourself get your bladder um issues taken care of and let's jump in to hunters and travelers Uh, let's talk about Hunters and Travelers, guys. Uh, Rob uh, Doherty, in his interview with us a few days ago, revealed 
that the set of 16 or actually two sets of eight cards for a total of 16 cards will be releasing soon, sooner than later is how, how he phrased it. And uh, we figured, hey, we've got the um, access to the, the cards and we can tell what they are. Let's rate them. Let's look at them and see how they go. Uh, how are we going to do this, guys? Should we uh, have Double Doves lead us through his tier list and then uh, respond? <laughs> You're trying to put me on the spot like I didn't do it? Come on, huh? I did it. I got the thing. One thing I'll say about the tier list, though, is that like tier lists already have some criticism, some valid criticisms, in my opinion, on the fact that like you know your purchases are so contextual that's half the fun of the game that you know just what does a tier list really give you well take that a step further uh we have not jammed dozens and dozens and dozens of games with these cards yet so not only are the problems that exist with tier lists already uh you know existing uh but we haven't even played with these cards now i will say i've played with them some because i have them in physical when i play physical i'm shuffling them with literally every other card that i have and Mm -hmm. we're usually playing co-op and so just like the the context of it changes i play a lot less so i really haven't seen these cards i'm i'm basically treating them as like fully new to me and stuff like that and that said i did uh (laughs) as i have not made tier makers in the past you can tell there's been some some jokes about if i did or didn't do it but guess what i did do it and i i don't know I'm not. I'm not going to stake my full reputation on these. I want a little bit of a disclaimer that I did it. But I'll this kick is it first off. impressions. Off. Yeah, this is first impressions. Yeah. We're not going to hold your feet over the coals for this six months from now. When okay, you realize oh. how, how wrong you were. Don't worry. Re- yeah. Or I mean, there's not going to be the episode where it's like reevaluate. What did you say? And then you guys are like, Wahlberg <laughs> rated this out of S tier. He's such an idiot. All right. Well, I'm, I mean, you did rate all the dungeons cards, so like, that's true. Yeah. When we did dungeons, well, no, no. When you did dungeons, you, you gave a rating to every card there. So <laughs> I thought, why not? Wait, why not do the same thing for the? Yeah. Oh, I'm cool, with it. I'm cool with it. With yeah. without any further delay, I would like to uh, talk about the. Well, so I guess it's just going to have to be straight off of my list, so that we're not repeating and jumping around a bunch, huh? Okay, yeah. Let's fine. start at the bottom and work our way up again. Yep. You got it. I think the worst card among all of these is veteran squire a three cost imperial champion with three defense it has expend gain two combat for each imperial champion you control uh just too narrow and crummy it doesn't do very much hold on let me jump in you you forgot the best part of the card which is the flavor text which says oh let's get into it he does a lot more than hold your horses (laughs) that's it end quote and as i joked with uh coop the other day yeah he also shovels their manure he he's he's a piece of garbage guys he might be the worst (laughs) card in the game that i have seen i agree he's my lowest rated card as well double dubs adam is my second lowest let's not miss that (laughs) at least it counts itself for the damage so it's not tapping for zero it's tapping for two you know, and the the ceiling on this is reasonable, and it's a faction enabler. So there's going to be times where you buy it, but it doesn't look that good. Let's keep this moving on over. The next one that I didn't like very much was Con Artist. It is a two cost champion of the guild faction, and it it has two defense, and its ability is to expend it 
for two combat or gain one gold for each champion you stunned this turn. Again, it's just kind of low impact. There's going to be times where you want it, but overall, um, I'm probably not going to be buying this very often and it's not going to be um, having a huge effect on the game. Any thoughts on con artist? He's in my lowest rank as well, but I have another card ranked slightly worse than him. Uh, con artist is the card that I had the lowest rank for. Um, it's hyper situational for its secondary effect. Its primary effect, if you're a player for that, means you're worse than Death Cultist, which the community uh, collectively agreed was the worst card in the game. <laughs> so this is its primary effect is a Death Cultist, but it's got one less defense and it doesn't have guard. So if you're using for that first effect, you're in a really bad spot to begin with. And how many times do you stun, like for this effect to be worth, in my opinion, you have to be stunning two champions. And that doesn't happen very often, especially when the econ is relevant. Um, Econ's more relevant in the early game. And it's very rare that you'll stun two champions in the early game um, to make this effect worth it, especially because this card doesn't help you stun any of those champions. You need other things to help you stun those champions to begin with. Um, yeah. So it's just, there's just so much going on with this card that I just think it's terrible. <laughs> it's a compelling argument, Coop. Very compelling argument. Yeah, it is bad. Um, and I, we all agree there. Not a great time to throw this in there, but if you are having a hard time following along or you're interested in checking this out later or maybe even making your own tier maker, um, you can find these cards online. We're going to have them posted in the Discord, in the show notes, and on realmsrising.com, and you can find them on the Wise Wizards webpage. So just give it a quick search if you're having any issues following along. Now, (laughs) okay. Okay, next, guys. I didn't like pathfinder very much it is a three cost wild champion with four defense its primary ability is to expend for two combat and it factions for two gold um just not a lot moving the needle for me here it'd be way more interesting if it's expend and its faction abilities were flipped (laughs) i would like Mm -hmm. it quite a bit i think for that um but yeah. yeah, I had this one kind of low for just not being a super impactful champion. Any any thoughts? He's he's, he's right there for me as well. Uh, he's actually in my D level, <clears throat> but he's right after Con Artist for me. The only one that uh, you've skipped for me so far, and uh, you can talk about it next or if it's up higher on your list, wait, is Confiscate. I have Confiscate in my F level as well, which is a, uh, let me read it. <clears throat> it's a three cost imperial action that says you may acquire a four cost card or less or a cost four card or less for free it also factions with imperial for six health it's a piece of garbage card if you can afford the three cost to buy it you'd probably be doing better buying uh, a fire gem in my opinion uh for me this is on the f list it's at the bottom of the the list for me dubs where do you have this on yours so I had it, um, Veteran Squire, Con Artist, Pathfinder, and then Confiscate. So it was going to okay. be my very next one. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's going to be 
the, the reason I put it where I did is because I think the ceiling on this card is high enough for it to outrank those other cards. But that, like, generally it is very bad. And we've seen how bad with Barbarian that Plunder is. One of the things, so here's one thing I'll say. I see he's shaking that, Jake, and I want to defend my reasoning here a little bit. Anytime I see that six health on a faction ability, that instantly has me, like, a little intrigued. That's the best part about the card is the six health, yeah. It's literally <laughs> yeah. the only good so, thing about the card, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. And um, um, that's why I have it where I do. Yeah, so now I've got two cards to talk about. Um, so in my F tier, uh, it was Veteran Squire, um, Con Artist, and Confiscate. Uh, and I had uh, Pathfinder in my D. Um, I think that... So the what I'm looking at here is it's kind of like uh, the Elven... Um, what's the... It's the Elven something or other, the champion that... Wild, it gives you two gold and the factions for three uh, combat. Um, it's not as good as that. It's like Treasure like, Seeker or something? Treasure like Seeker, that? yep, yep, that's yeah. the one. Um, on those cheap champions, I think I'd prefer to have the two econ and then faction for damage. But yeah. in a wild heavy totally. deck, um, having just a cheap champion that does damage and has a bit of. like has, It has four defense, so it's kind of hard to yeah, remove. It's not, it's, I, yeah, I'm, that's. I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> I just think it's better than the. Um, I just think it's better than Confiscate uh, yeah, and then too. the F tier cards, just because it's actually got a little bit more uh, usability with that faction ability and that extra defense helps it stick stick around a little bit because four's a lot more than two or three, which is what right. those other cheap champions have. Yeah, I wonder if you lined up Pathfinder against some of the other three cost champions, how it would um, how it would <sighs> fare? It'd probably be okay. I don't know. I'd say better than Straight Thug, and I'd leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> which isn't saying much which is not saying much yeah. no he's probably one of the worst he's better than better in square though that's for sure all right dubs keep let's not get bogged down in the uh, yeah. and one, one more thing i'll say about confiscate is i prefer to buy taxation taxation costs one gold i agree right 100 taxation is way better than confiscate yep Maybe, yeah. yeah, taxation is not an amazing card to begin with. It's very, it's it bad. is actually a very situational card. I wouldn't call it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's below it's average to bad somewhere in that realm. And this is worse than taxation and costs more. So, yep. that's well, my it's, it, it. it's worse because it costs more. That's why it's uh, worse. If, if Confiscate was one gold, I'd buy taxation. Because it's more valuable. Uh, right, because taxation because gives two. Free. Yeah, it gives you two. Yeah, no, you're right. It is yeah, better. Okay, you're right. Yeah, dude, you that is that is another. Yeah, it's not even close, is it? Yeah, taxation is <laughs> way better than confiscate, which says a yeah. lot. All right, Dubs, keep. Let's. What's next on your list? I'm I'm curious. Uh, looking back at this one, I like. <laughs> if you guys, what you'll think? I have Lenka the Hunter, a five cost guild champion with five defense. It expends to deal four damage and it factions with guild to stun target champion. And um, I mean, the numbers are fine on it, but nothing fancy is happening here. There's a lot more that I would like to get for um, my five economy than this card. And it's on a champion. And I just kind of generally am higher on actions than champions. So you know, it's a fine card. You're going to buy it. It's going to do work for you. There's going to be situations where it like stuns a guard and deals four damage. And you're like, that thing did 12 damage for me. It was sick. Um, and so that's why I have it ranked where I do, but overall, it's still I, I wasn't D? too impressed with it. It's in D for you. No, I'm, that's a C. I've got, a oh, C you're there, up to yeah. C now. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I've got, um, actually 
I have, let me look at the names of these cards. I have the uh, Peleus the Seeker and uh, Olara the Slayer, both ranked lower than uh, I think the you might be looking ranked. at my tier list. Hmm? No, I think that's you might my, be looking at Peleus and C. Peleus is in C. Well, yep. yeah, well, I'm saying I have the guy you just mentioned is what? what's its name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. I'm with you now. Yep. Lenka the Lenka. Yeah, I have Lenka above Peleus and the uh, the Necro. Uh, but ba- I'm basically only two spots removed where you have this guy ranked. I have two guys well, ranked lower. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, have, I think. I also have uh, Lenka and C tier while we're here. I think the numbers are just good enough for it to not be a D or an F tier card. Yeah. Yeah. And so for my C tier, yeah, I have Lenka, Peleus the Seeker, and Olara the Slayer, funny enough. So let's do Peleus the Seeker next. It is a five-cost wild champion. It has four defense and is a guard. So notably, this is the first guard that we've mentioned. We'll say a four-defense guard, or and if we don't mm-hmm. say guard, assume that it's not. Um, so it's a four defense guard and it expends for three combat or to put an action from your discard pile on top of your deck. This is really expensive for what it's getting you, but man, I love putting an action of the, just thinking about, you know, putting an action from your discard pile on top of your deck and what that can do for you. That could be pretty sweet late game. Some of the ways that could line up, you could play the same action twice in a given deck or even like three times depending on how it all lined up for you so i like Mm -hmm. imagining the possibilities with it and uh i mean i i don't know kind of looking at it now i wonder if it should even be ranked a little lower because if you're not doing that with it you paid five gold for a four defense guard that's giving you three combat but but some of that potential that it has what's that bad direwolf that's a very bad direwolf yeah um so when you kind of put it in that, but maybe C feels right because it's kind of like this blend of its potential and its floor and all that. What do you guys think I about? I mean, it's, yeah. it's the only card I have in my C rank is, is Peleus. So yeah. Um, That's right where I have it. I've got it in my D rank because when I, th- when it's good, it's really good, but I think it's way too inconsistent to be really good reliably. And it's um, expensive too. And when it's, costs, that hurts. Yeah. So the closest uh, thing that I can make similar to this in my head is Varric, Necromancer. Varric is a card that I often already pass up on. Um, obviously, Actions Champions are a little bit different. Um, I tend to f- Champions tend to be a little more impactful to put on the top of your deck because it's very Actions tend to stick around and shuffle a lot more, whereas Champions can miss shuffles. So they're much... Champions are generally better to get to the top of your deck when you can compared to an action. Um, and it doesn't have a faction ability to draw a card. If Varric didn't have that faction ability to draw a card, I think he'd be terrible. Right. Um, and this is, you're putting that action on top of your deck, and unless you have another source of card draw, you it's just going to, it's just there. You're, like, you're not getting yeah. it this turn. You need cards like this to provide that immediate tempo advantage, which is where Varric mm-hmm. comes in really nicely. When Varric's good, he's really good. When Pellis is good, it's harder to make him good. Um, and as a result, I don't think it's that great just because he's a bit too inconsistent for my mm. liking. 
I really like it. Yeah. It's a great comparison with Varric because it's they're both five cost and they do kind of similar things, but Varric's better. Yeah. So yeah, nice. Yeah, good discussion there. Um, it's so, I think we're we're basically pretty close into how we're clumping these these cards together so far. Yeah, keep them yeah. keep them rolling, Dubs. Um, my next C, this is at the top of the C. My final C grade is Alara the Slayer. This is a four cost Necros champion with five defense. Its ability is to expend for two gold or deal two damage to each opposing champion. And I'll say that I really love the five booty that Alara has here. I like that I'm getting at least that much defense for my four gold that I'm spending. And then she is giving me two gold every single turn that she sticks around. So that can be really impactful. But then she also has this other mode of dealing two damage to each opposing champion. And I'll admit that I kind of wrote off Valius and Kalabok and some of those spread the damage out like board aoe effects but when they are good man they are good they can have a huge impact on the game if if your opponent has one of these champions are a much less viable strategy for you and um or at least you know you have to like take it into account and so having that um modality on olara really made me like her a lot but um yeah, that's why she's at the top of my C's, not quite breaking through into B territory. But just as I review it here, it's got me a little tempted to bring her into the tail end of the Bs. What do you guys think about Olara the Slayer? Um, I Like I said, I had her clumped right in here as well. I love her for, for four costs. She's already way better than um, the uh, guy we just talked about, who, whose name I can't Pelius remember. Pelias the Seeker? Thank you. Yeah, so... Uh, She's good there. The flexibility is great. Any champ that can give two econ is good. The, and the fact that you can deal some damage with her also good. She's necro, five uh, defense. She's pretty tough. She's got great artwork too. I like Olara. She's a solid, I think, B for me. Oh, um, no, sorry. She's, she's, <laughs> sorry. She's low D slash C for me. Okay. And she, I had actually her- have her lower than the, the Seeker. But maybe I think I'm wrong now. Um, I had her at the top of my D tier. Um, uh, one thing I want to say is five guard unplayable gets discarded by explosive fireball. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the way I look at this is um, there's sometimes where you want to buy cards like Brolin for the econ, um, but cards like but Brolin in particular is a card that if it didn't have its faction ability would really struggle in that late game. Um, Brolin's kind of only a card you want, like you want it early game for because it's a nice econ spike with a champion. But after you get to the early game, unless it's triggering its faction reliably, it's a bit of a letdown. Um, Alara is kind of in a similar boat, in my opinion, where dealing two damage to each opposing champion is only good when it's really good. But when it's not really good, it's again, it's a bit too situational, and that's kind of where I see D tier cards where it's. You know, this is a card that I occasionally want to put in my deck because it might be good sometimes. Um, and that's why I've got her in D. So my F tier is cards that if you're buying them, you've got e- either something real, like you've if you're buying Con Artists it's because it's the only blue card and you bought Deception. Um, and then the other two cards, like Veteran Squire and a Confiscate, if you're buying them, it's because you're playing against a fighter and they're the only Imperials on the row. Um, <laughs> like those are the only times I really see you buying those F tier cards. But the D tier cards, they're like, 
this could be good sometimes. Like I'll consider it, but if my opponent's buying it, I'm usually happy that my opponent's buying it um, mm-hmm. rather than being disappointed that my opponent's buying it. Uh, and so I've kind of got the two other champions we've gone through, uh, the two green champions that we've gone through and uh, Alara here. It's just a bit too situational for my liking. Yeah. Yeah, those are good calls. And I think like my my tier list almost feels more like a a ranking where I just switched letter grades <laughs> arbitrarily at some point. I like the way that you're describing why something counts as a C for you and why something counts as a D for you. Mm-hmm. For me, I just like every three or four cards, I'm like, this one doesn't have enough cards. It should have a few more. And they're all like kind of ranked relative to each other. So yeah. those are good points you're making about the cards, which is why I wanted to bring that up when I say that at the bottom of my B tier, so this is probably not a B for Filterphobe because we're all the way up to B already. Yeah, but, we're, we're, we're clearly ranking on different scales here. So yeah, like, yeah. The, for me, this B ranking that I'm about to give this next card is more a relative ranking to the other cards that it's around rather than like a, a B in the greater sense of the game. But anyways, Thrash. This is a two cost action from uh, that is guild. So it's a two cost guild action that is for combat or stun target champion. Um, I really like the rate of damage on this. It's nice and clean and effective. And that ceiling of stun target champion, we know how valuable that can be. So I really like what Thrash is doing here and uh, some humorous artwork to boot. Uh, certainly doesn't hurt. It's, it's rank. I actually, what I have Thrash think? at the bottom of my A tier. But like I said, I only have one card in my B. Uh, this is a great card. Two cost for uh, on-demand stun is awesome. Or the four damage if you need it. It's just a good quality card. I mean, it's not an amazing card, but it's a solid low A for me. Yeah. Um, in 90, probably about 95% of your games, stun a champion is never going to be more than seven damage if it ever comes up. Um and as a result, I've got this card at the bottom of my seat here because I think this is just worse <laughs> than Intimidation. Um, yeah. But sometimes you just want to buy Intimidation and Rattling Welcome for damage. Uh, and but sometimes you want to buy Rattling Welcome for damage, not the Econ. Uh, so I think this will see... The, the primary effect of 4 combat is <clears> the better part of it, in my opinion, because Standard Champion is a bit too situational. <clears> um, usually 4 damage is going to be better than Standard Champion. Um, but occasionally a stun champion will come up and then you've killed a five or a six health guard and you're feeling good about yourself. But yeah, I think Intimidation's a better card and that's why I've got a bottom C because Intimidation's are a B or a C tier card in my books. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. I think I would agree that Intimidation is the better card. Intimidation's you, better. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. But I would also probably rank Intimidation. You know what? But here's the other thing too. I'm ranking, when I was ranking these cards, I was ranking them as like a closed unit relative to themselves. So uh, I wasn't thinking it was like the big picture. Uh, but yeah, I would probably put Intimidation over Thrash, but they'd be close. They'd be very close. I, I actually really like Thrash, it's, especially within the set of 16 cards. That's why I gave it a, a low A. Yeah. Well, I'll move on to my next one that I have in the relative rankings of a B grade here, which is the action Sway. This is a three-cost Necros action. Uh, It gives you three gold when you play it, and it says champions you acquire this turn cost one gold less. It has a sacrifice ability, a self-sacrifice, to gain control of target champion until end of turn. Um 
So this one is cool for a lot of reasons. The way that it shifts its usefulness in the early game into the late game. I like that a lot about it. So in the early game, um, we know we've talked on the podcast before about how these actions that add three economy, they, they really give you a lot of reach with your purchasing power in the early game and having it help you to be able to uh, it's almost like it can add four economy. Right. Like you're almost getting a nature's bounty here for three econ. So mm-hmm. I think it can have a huge impact in that oh, regard. Yeah. And then the the ceiling on that gain control of target champion to end of turn. I mean, your imagination's the limit of what you could end up pulling off with that. But in the long run, it's an econ action that has self-sacrifice on it and that is huge because you're able to get it out of your deck when you don't need it and you can do it in a way that can really like swing the tides in your favor or you might say sway them in your favor uh uh that's pretty wow. good uh anyways yeah. <laughs> so i gave dubs a finger gun if you can't hear it <laughs> what's that <laughs> i gave dubs a finger gun if you can't hear it <laughs> Cha-cha. um uh yeah, yeah, I agree. To add uh, on sway. Uh, it's a mid A for me. Great card. Three. It's a three econ, basically four econ if you're buying champs, and you can, it self sacrifices. Awesome card, um, and it's yeah, uh, for me it's a good solid A. All right, let's so, have filter will bring us back to reality here, though. A little uh, bit. Initially, <laughs> I had, on my first pass of the tier list, I did have this in C, but since sending that tier list over to Jig like 48 hours ago, I realized that this is probably more of a B tier card. Um, so I also think that this is the hardest card to evaluate in the set, um, Mm -hmm. because that sacrifice effect can actually be a detriment. Um, so I'll just start why I think this is good. It's a three slash four gold generating card that sacrifices itself. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. I know where you're going with it. Three slash four gold cards that can do self-sacrifice are much better than the ones that don't because you generally don't want those cards sticking around in the late game. Once you've used their econ, you want them out of there um, so you can't do it again. Um, Importantly to note for the sacrifice effect, I guarantee, uh, almost guarantee that you won't be able to activate this if your opponent does does not have a champion on the board. So this card will be sticking around until you can steal a champion. The unfortunate uh, side effect of stealing an opponent's champion is you're not killing it, and your opponent will get that champion next turn. So you get to get the benefits of that champion, but, but then you your opponent... But you can't kill it. So your opponent just gets it next turn. Yeah. So how does... like the, the, Because of this sacrifice effect, I think this card is very hard to rate effectively, mm. and I think it has to be seen play. This card's upside is really good. When I say upside, I'm talking about the potential four gold econ on a card on an econ the card that can self-sacrifice. That's just good to have. Um, you want to be sacrificing this pretty early, in my opinion, as well. You probably only want it around for you want to play it two or three times, if even. Like you might even just sacrifice it the first time you play it. But that sacrifice effect can be a detriment. Because if you're stealing your opponent's grok, they're just gonna get it back next turn and then they're gonna activate it. So like there's a lot of and you might not have a target for it's it or be able to use yeah. it. Yeah, those yeah. are really great points you're bringing yeah. up there. No, it's going to be situation. That's why I'm going to play it on my Necromancer and use my like Crown of Thorns or whatever and sacrifice their champion and draw cards off of it. Right? Uh, you can only sacrifice <laughs> skeletons, right? I think it's just champions. I'll uh, I can double check that on the side here. But anyways, I was thinking yeah. about that though, because yeah, you can't you can't do anything to deploy champions of your own, unfortunately. Right. Right. 
Yeah, it'll yeah. be curious anyway, how that gets yeah. handled in no, the be, app. This will be a fun card to play with, though. But Coop makes a great point. Like the sacrifice ability is deceptive. It's not going to be good now. But there are situations where your opponent has a good champ that you can't get through anyway. Uh, you're not going to be able to wipe them out that turn, and then that situation that it'll be good to have. But yeah, it's not as good as it first appears. I agree. Good stuff, Look, guys. Let's keep them rolling. We're getting towards the top of the list here. <laughs> yeah, that was what he got. Next. Um. Okay, and this one, I'm wondering if maybe I should have it lower on my next reading of it. It's a three-cost, daring escape, three-cost, wild action. Target opponent discards a card. You may put a card from your discard pile on top of your deck with the self-sacrifice ability to draw a card. So um, that whenever we see target opponent discards a card, I feel like that zooms something up in our like rankings, but there's no damage attached to it. There's nothing else attached to it. So that is kind of a downside. But then you're getting the smash and grab effect, which is awesome and huge. And we've seen how good that can be. And you're getting the draw a card out of it that you have that ability on tap. So, like, I don't know. This one feels hard to me to evaluate because I'm all over the place on it. Sometimes I'm like, well, they're just going to discard a gold and I'm going to maybe put a fire gem on top and not much is going to happen. But then other times it can be, like, really amazing of what it can do. So, so this this landed in a, a B tier, the top of my Bs. But I'm curious how you guys evaluate Daring Escape. I put it in my S tier. It's my second ah. favorite card out of all these. But smash and grab is one of my favorite is one of my favorite cards in the game, uh, and this is yeah. basically smash and I, this is better than smash and grab, uh, I would argue, because it's cheaper and you can draw from it if you need to. Uh, plus, it's wild, so and it's going to be discarding stuff. Now, um, it only costs three, and then the reason and that that's the main reason I have it in S tier is the cost. What you're getting out of a three cost card is awesome. I know Filtro has it ranked lower than me. I also know Filtro likes econ cards that can help out early. And this card is not a card that's going to help you out early. It's going to help you out mid-game or late-game. And I I know, and that's a valid point on why not to rank it so high, but I just love cards like this. I love cards that let you take uh, recur stuff from your discard. You can even draw with it if you need to. Oh, and you're you're discarding. Your opponent's discarding as well. I love this freaking card. It's an S-rank. I'm going to enjoy playing it. Um, I think this card is completely unplayable in the early game. Um, yeah, hook it is. is. Hook is an upgrade that you give to Rogue at level 13. And most times people play Hook, they draw a card with it rather than discarding your opponent. Um, in the early game, you don't have cards that you want to put on your top deck. Um, and as a result, I think this is this card is good this card when it's good it's really good and i think it's only really good in the late game when you're top decking something and then self-sacrificing to draw a card i think in every other circumstance you play this card it's not actually that great um so i've got at the top of my seat here i don't think it's terrible compared to some of the other situational cards i've looked at but i'm not very high on it uh discard a card by in isolation isn't that good discards only in my opinion is only good when it's combined with other things because discarding just you're turning around saying, I'm going to play a four-card hand and you're going to play a four-card hand. And your opponent gets to choose that one card that they don't want in their four-card hand, whereas you're just, this card is, was in your hand. You had no agency over it. Um, so when you do put, when you do get a good card on top of your deck, that's when it's fine and playable. Uh, the fact that it's actions and champions is good up for it. Um, but 
and three econs kind of easy to get to, but I because of how bad it is in early shuffles, in my opinion, uh, I don't think it's that good of a card. But yeah, I do agree. It's very good late game. The ceiling's very high on it. Um, but I think the best use of this card is just when was when you rip that self-sacrifice to draw a card after putting something in your top of your deck. All right, Coop, would you agree, at least, that this is better than Smash and Grab? Um, I disagree. I think the six damage on Smash and Grab is actually uh, underrated. I think, it's, I, I, I think I Smash, Smash and Grab, too. Yeah, I think Smash six. and Grab is better because it does six damage um, than this. Okay. It means that Smash and Grab... Uh, in isolation is like, yeah, I think cost is a factor here. Daring escape is probably easier to get to, but I think smashing grabs better because it does six damage. It means that if, if this is in your first shuffle and you have nothing, you discard pile smash and yeah. grab is infinitely better than this. Yeah, yeah um, I agree. Well, and this wouldn't yeah. be a card you would target early. No. Anyway, I don't think this is something you pick up mid game. Yeah. Uh, unless you have a ton of econ and you can just pick it up and also buy some other cards early. You, like if this yeah. is going to be your one buy for a single turn, your early game, you're in trouble. Definitely. I totally agree with Coop there. Well, yeah. and like what if, you know, on your turn one, you make a solid purchase of, you know, a really good five cost card. And then on turn two, you buy this card. So that on deck two, you're trying to get additional uses of your good card that you bought. Like, there's spots for it. I think that, you know, this is another one where we're going to have to see these cards in action to really evaluate them. We might go back and be like, nah, that card is is really good or, you know, it, it turned out differently. I do like the vibe that we have going on here, though. We're like coming out of the gates of like, guess what you could do with this? And Filter's like, well, but actually. So <laughs> well, we all well, have our own place house and slants yeah. as well. I'll say yeah. this too. Like daring escape is, oh shit, I forget what I was going to say. I had a point. Yeah. yeah I'll also right. say that daring escape, and- daring escape is the situational card that I've given the best rating in this set. Um, so like, I still don't think it's terrible. Um, I just, I'm, 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 I'm trying to, I'm trying to play like devil's advocate here. I'm not, I don't think it's yeah, quite as good, good as Jig's biggest saying yeah. as it is. This is good stuff. Yeah, yeah no, well, I, I love play. This is a, no, oh, I remember like this is a wizard card. Wizards are going to freaking love this card. And they're yeah, going really to maximize the use. Uh, Rangers yeah. are going to be able to do fun stuff with this too. Other classes, sure. maybe not as much. Uh, well, I was monks actually even like- monk, monk will like this as well. Thief um, can do things like thief, put a knife belt on top or a knife or whatever. Like there's going to be classes are going to find ways to use the card and it's going to be yeah. cool. Yeah. Let's move on to my next one. This once we get towards the top is where I'm going to be curious where you guys are like, you think that awesome card is better than that awesome card. So it, it is what it is. We'll see what <laughs> happens. I have the next best card in this set. Pax Fury. This is a seven cost wild action. It gives you seven combat and it says you may discard any number of cards, draw a card for each card discarded this way. So in some ways you might look at this and be like, oh my God, those wolves are big, which you'll probably say if you see the artwork, (laughs) but you'll also say to yourself, oh, it's a souped up version of Rampage. And you know, you, it, it is in a way. There's some parallels to be drawn, but what I want to call out here is that you have to discard the cards first and then draw, and that is going to play out much differently than Rampage, where you're drawing through the chaff and then you know discarding the two gold that you drew, because that's some huge power that Rampage gives you that um, Pax Fury isn't quite there for. So I like this card. I find it to be quite powerful. It is at the tail end of my A's. Uh, what do you guys think of Pax Fury? It's worse than Rampage. Uh, it has better artwork than Rampage. 
Uh, <laughs> it's a great card. I actually have it. I think I had it at the bottom of my S tier just because that seven damage for seven costs is great. And if you have a full hand of cards, it's going to be incredible. If this is a card you draw last and you already have expense all of your cards in your hand, not so great, right? And that's why it's worse than Rampage, but uh, love it. I think uh, all-around solid card. I put it, it's probably actually closer to a high A, but um, the artwork puts it up S-tier for me, bottom of S-tier. I like it. Uh, Dubs, you have convinced me. I didn't even... Click, click the two together that this is probably just worse than Rampage in a Vacuum. Uh, I did have this card as an S tier. I think I was like I was thinking about, you know, if you buy this in your first deck shuffle, uh, you get seven gold, you buy this in your first deck shuffle, chances are when you play this card, you're going to have four other starters in your hand. Rip yeah. all four of them, draw four new ones. Um, that's like really happy magical Christmas land. Uh, and I was focusing too much on happy magical Christmas land. So yeah, <laughs> it is, it's still a good card, uh, but yeah. I think I was thinking a bit, Bit, bit too highly of it, so yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do really like this card. Um, between this and um, Full Moon's Call, uh, if you do get, like, you can get Wild Synergy decks at this point that don't require Sacrifice to play their entire deck in a turn, mm-hmm. and that is ridiculous, in my opinion. <laughs> if, you, if you have this and Full Moon's Call, You'll never need to buy a sacrifice card, and you'll be able to play every card in your deck, provided they don't. Uh, yeah, but Coop Wild was so yeah. underpowered as a faction; they yeah. needed some more good cards to really bolster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so this is this is a really good card in a wild. Like, it's a good card in a vacuum, but the best place you'll see this is in a wild heavy deck, because um, wild heavy decks can get away with not sacrificing uh, to kill your opponent, and this helps really helps in those uh, scenarios as well. So I think this is a, that's its best use case. First deck shuffle. Sorry, second deck shuffle to just turbo three to starters and uh, with heavy wild faction focus. Um, just lets you play a completely different style of game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll move on to my next one. I am guessing maybe you guys will have this one higher than me. It, I wonder if it feels a little low here, but you knew it was coming. This is Fettered Imp. Two cost, Necros Champion. It is a three defense guard its ability you expend it to sacrifice a card in your hand or discard pile and after that we just got flavor text chained to you for life i dream of your death oh, and love uh love that <laughs> yeah it's pretty text. badass yeah so um it's extremely cheap it's sacrifice a lot to like here um i don't think it's better than the rot though no, but uh, not much is. Yeah, though. a lot of, yeah, a lot of potential here. Very cool card. What do you guys think of Fetter Dimp? It's at the it's top at, of my A's. It's at the top of my S. It's my top rank card for this for for all of Ooh, these. Uh, okay. And the second was actually uh, the one we just talked about, Daring Escape. Um, the reason is because cost performance. It's a two cost three guard that sacrifices every yeah. hand or discard. So, and it's a champ. So, uh, I mean, it's not like an awesome, awesome card, but for the cost performance, what you get, uh, you get it early, you get it mid game. If you need it, if you just need sack or it's a little guard, it's almost never going to really hurt you. 
how can scavenger exist beside fettered imp <laughs> right like <laughs> be Good embarrassed point. scavenger oh, scavenger <laughs> is almost unplayable so <laughs> bit of a, but yeah um i've got this one at the top of my b um i think that it's probably i'd say it's the worst sacrifice from hand or discard pile in the game um just because it's it's a champion um Champions that sacrifice tend to be weaker than actions that sacrifice because actions that sacrifice are in every deck shuffle, whereas champions are are not not always in every deck shuffle. So it's very slow. Um, additionally, it doesn't do anything apart from sacrifice when you play it. Um, it's just a guard. Like there's no damage on it. There's no econ on it. All the other sacrifice cards, except for Amaranth, don't actually have anything on them. Like, they all have something on them while they're sacrificing, so it can just be a bit too slow as a sacrifice card and in the early game for me to have it any higher than B. Uh, it might be an A-tier card, honestly, just because of how good sacrifice is, uh, but I think it's the weakest sacrifice card we've seen that's not Scavenger, because Scavenger doesn't count because it earns sacrifices from hand. <laughs> Ooh, so you're saying it's the... See, I agreed with your the first way you said it, Coop. You said it's the weakest sacrifice from hand or discard pile card. I, I would agree yeah. with that. But it's still the weakest sacrifice from hand or discard pile is still an amazingly powerful yeah. important card, I think. Yeah, I think it, it's, it is still a very powerful effect. Um, my B tier means this card is better than average. Um, so this, like I've got at the top of my B, it might be an A tier card. Um, so you're happy to buy this, but I think it's important to recognize that it's very slow. And limited. And, yeah. Yeah. and limited as to how much it can sacrifice, which is why I can't put an S tier. It's just a bit too slow. Yeah, yeah. good call. As, especially um, bringing up Amaranth there. I've definitely seen how, you know, I was over the moon about that card when we first saw it, and I still love it. Still think it's some awesome artwork and that sort of thing. But it is, it can be a low impact card. You know, you do want to be like factioning or getting that extra part out of it with Fettered Imp. Only sacrificing for its only thing that it does. That's it only a point against two, it. Guys. But, it costs two, guys. It costs two. Amaranth costs five. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> That's yeah. a good point, yeah. But yeah, right. I, I suppose I'm, like, in my head, I'm, like, loosely comparing it to, like, the Rot and uh, Death Touch Death and touch. Yeah. Um, Demonic Touch and going, well, the I'd rot- much rather have those three. And th- those are all S-tier cards in my book. Yeah, those are some of the best but cards. I think they're game. so much better than this that I can't put this card in S-tier because they're on a completely different power level. Yeah, and again, I, I'm kind yeah. of falling victim here to doing this holistically within these 16 cards. Like within these 16 cards, this is probably my the top rank one for me. But yeah, look, but I, I think that we're it's good that we're calling that out because I I did a similar style of ranking, but I like the perspective that Filter is giving here. So yeah. let's see what perspective you have to offer on this next one. We're into my S's, demonic cloud. Seven cost Necro's action. It gives you seven combat and then deals four damage to each opposing champion. Draw a card and it factions with Necro's to sacrifice a card in your hand or discard pile. <laughs> Holy smokes, this thing yeah. is doing this is at the bottom of your ST. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it could be at the top. You think it's but- see, that's the thing that I was like <laughs> <laughs> worried about with this whole thing. It's like, you're right, that there, how could you? It's but, in the middle uh, of my S tier. It's in the middle. Of my, yeah. Or, I mean, towards the end. But yeah, they're all so good. Here's here's my thing. It's freaking awesome. Of course. <laughs> it, it better be yeah. for seven. It, it costs seven. 
It better be freaking awesome. The thing yeah. is, even for a seven cost card, this thing is freaking awesome. Like it's holy cow, it's it's really good. It's better than most seven cost cards, I, I would say. It's really good. It's awesome. Yeah. Um I think that so I had this as the second best card of the set. Um I just want you to quickly com- make mental notes compare this to Dragonfire. Um <laughs> Yeah, so you're getting a night and day, night and yeah. day difference between this and yeah. Dragonfire. Yeah. It's not even close. Um, you're right. And Dragonfire Dragon is, is a, a very good card that wins card. games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragonfire <laughs> is a card that in isolation I would put in eight here. Um, yeah. Or, and this is so much better than Dragonfire. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it always has the four damage champions instead of being a sacrifice and like seven damage draw a card is already good to begin with. Four yeah. damage to each opposing champion. It's ridiculous. While it's situational, because it's always there, it is good. Like, the cards that do damage to every champion usually don't have uh, another effect that's strapped on top of it. But this does. Why does and- this have the... It seems like the deal four damage shouldn't even be on this card. It seems like... It, yeah. Right. I, I, th- I personally think that if this card didn't have draw a card, it would still be an A-tier card mm-hmm. uh, or a B-tier card. But having a draw, a draw a card slapped on this pushes over the edge. And it, its faction ability is sacrifice a card from your hand to discard pile. We know how good sacrifice is. Um, even if it is situational sacrifice, you don't need to have no. this faction effect for this card to be nuts. But when you do have its faction effect, it's, it's just so good. <laughs> it has too many. It seems like it has one extra thing on it. Like it, it's, yeah. it's too good almost. It has for, four yeah, effects cost. and it only needs three. Yeah, I think yeah, we're yeah. on consensus there. And I actually, um, yeah, I should have flip-flopped that one at the very <laughs> least with this very next card that I'm about to read, which is Andor the Valiant, which is a six-cost Imperial Champion. It is a five-defense guard. Its primary ability is going to give you two combat and draw a card. And Mm. when you faction it with Imperial, you will prepare another champion. Um, Love drawing card as a primary ability on this thing. The damage is low. The defense is a bit low, but it is only costing you six. So I love that about it. And we have seen over and over again how powerful preparing another champion can be and this is just the kind of card that I, I like to play with. I, I can see myself uh, having a lot of fun with Andor the Valiant. But I am going to audible on the spot here and put this lower than Demonic Cloud because in yep. hindsight, yeah, it's really hard to make a case that this card is in he any way be. better yeah. than Demonic Cloud. He's at the top of my A-list, Andor, or the yeah. A tier. Yeah. Uh, he's good, um, but not fantastic for six cost. Yeah, Um the the closest comparison we can kind of make to this, I guess, is Crocker. Um, yep, that's like, what, if, mind. what if Crocker did damage instead of healing? Yeah. Um, he's. I had him in my B tier. I'm a bit flip floppy of whether I want him in my B tier or my A tier, to be honest. Um, just because at the end of the day, a card that replaces itself with draw is never a bad thing to have in your deck. Like there, there is no downside. The only downside to it is, could that six gold have been spent on something else? Yep. Like that's kind of the only downside to a card that draws itself. Could that gold be better spent the elsewhere? Five guard is nice though. He's yeah, better so, than Crocker, right? He's yeah, this guy's he's better, better than Crocker. Yeah, Dam- two damage is better than two healing. Um, prepare a champion if it works. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's situational compared to Crocker's heal for every champion. Like 
it's yeah. So I, th- I think prepare a champion is probably better than Crocker's heal as well. Um, in most circumstances, because uh, yeah, you're going to try to build around this too. If you get it the, right, you're going to yeah. try. There's to get times where Crocker heals you for like ten, and it feels amazing. Yeah. But there's going to be times where Andor prepares Roland, who prepares Andor. <laughs> <Torgan>. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, prepares Andor. Yeah, like <laughs> who prepares Marigold, who prepares Andor, who prepares. <laughs> yeah. 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 So okay, cool. Yeah. Let's. Let's keep it rolling. My next one. So this is the second best card in the set for me. Fearless Charge It is an eight cost Imperial action. It's going to give you five combat. It's going to give you five health. And then you're going to draw two cards. And it has self-sacrifice to prepare all of your champions. So a lot to dig into there. Um, it it's a lot of econ it's eight costs so it better be delivering and i think it does one thing that comes to mind for me is the word of power trap if you're not familiar with the word of power trap it's that you buy it early and you draw two and all you drew was more starters and word of power didn't do much for you well fearless charge is not going to have that problem for you because you are going to be getting some combat and some health with it which i think makes it worthwhile and we've seen with minstrel's melody the bonkers stuff that prepare all of your champions can get you. So I really think that this card is going to be doing some powerful stuff and winning games for folks. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts on fearless charge. Anything to add? Yeah, it's right up there for me. It's top of my a, I didn't like it as much because it's an eight cost card and I actually think it's pretty good value for eight costs, but it better be for eight cost. Um, yeah. I still think I like um, Domination better, to be honest, but that's just me. I've got it as uh, the best card in the set. Uh, I think it's better than Firebomb, um, and as a result, I think it's the best card in the set because if you're better than Firebomb, I think the the only aid coster that's better than it is Tyranor. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I think it's impossible to be better card than Tyranor unless uh, maybe unnerf Full Moon's Call, for example. Um, not that that ever <laughs> saw the light of day. Um Maybe Minstrel's Melody is up there as well, uh, but I think this is uh, I think this is better than Domination just because it draws two cards. Uh, drawing a card is very impactful. Drawing two, even more so. And apart from that, yeah. But here's but like, the eight cost like this set for me yeah. that seven to eight cost threshold is a really it's huge. Big. It's, it's yeah. It's a lot harder to get to eight than seven, as much as it might yeah. sound a little counterintuitive. Um, but yeah, like I think I I think this card's better than Firebomb. So um, interesting. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I, I I could see the argument for it. I'm gonna need to play with it, but you might yeah. be right, Coop. Yeah, you could be. Yeah, um, right. like if we compare and contrast, it's um, so Firebomb's three more damage. Well, doesn't have healing. If you burn it, it's eight more damage. If you burn it, it's eight. But. Well, if you burn this, how much more damage is it? <laughs> a lot. It's an unknown <laughs> quantity. <laughs> yeah. It is potentially it's potentially about fifty damage if you burn this. So um, obviously, fire, firebomb I, isolated. If this is the only card you've bought, firebomb does sacrifice for more damage than this. But I think the primary effect of this is better than firebomb. Um, well, that's kind of negating the stun on firebomb, though, right? There's a lot of upside yeah. damage that you get on that, which of course we know is situational, but. Um, yeah. yeah, but I think the healing and the extra card in a vacuum is always good. Out, out, it's outweighs always the good. stun. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. because it's the always good. It outweighs damage. the stun, which yeah. doesn't yeah. always activate. Yeah, yeah. I see your argument. Yeah, well, can't really argue. 
<laughs> Last but not least, I had to go a little on brand here as my number yeah, one card. I knew card. this was going to be a number one card. <laughs> <laughs> How could I not? We've got Bounty Collection. It is a seven cost guild action. It's going to give you three economy. And it says you may put the next card you acquire this turn into your hand. Furthermore, it factions to draw a card. And uh, is this more powerful than Fearless Charge or Demonic Cloud? Probably not. Am I going to have more fun playing with it? Oh, probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. have to charge Everyone gangster until uh, you put this until you put deception in hand with bounty collection. <laughs> I did some. I had this card when um, Scrab Force came over to my house with his brother, and I made them pancakes and bacon, and we played Hero Realms. I had this card and deception, and did some ridiculous stuff with it. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's up there for me too. It's my third, second or third highest card. Uh, so much fun. It's cost seven, but it's a tough seven. It's a really tough seven cost card. It's an awesome card. Can't wait to play yeah. with it. Um, yeah, just adding on to that, I had it as my third highest uh, behind Fearless Charge and, uh, what is it, Demonic Cloud? Yeah. Um, so I think Fearless Charge and Demonic Cloud, in most cases, will do better than Bounty Collection. But we all know what Deception can do when the market's just right. Um, so... This card has potential to be better than every other card in the game. It's just that it's not it's not always going to be better than every other card in the game. But when this card is good, it is so good that you can't put this anywhere other than S tier. And even when it's not so good, um, like it's average, it's average scenario because it doesn't need to be faction unlike Deception means that it's always a good card to have around. Um, even if the market's terrible, you can just add a fire gem to your hand, and that's that's like the floor in this card. The floor is you add a fire gem to your hand. And like that's obviously you don't want to be in that scenario, but when this, yeah. you know, in every other circumstance, it's just nuts and it will single-handedly win games. I think you do want to be careful with how you sequence this one as well. Like if you're, you're late game to be able to get the seven economy or, you know, you, you steamrolled into it early, but anyways, um, you can't go fishing with the three gold that it gives you. Right. And what I mean by that is like, say you are trying to get a profit out of the way and you're happy to do it because, you know, you're going to be able to sacrifice that profit and you're hoping something good flips. Well, Bounty mm-hmm. Collection says mm-hmm. you may put the next card you acquire. So it's actually going to say, hey, did you want to put this profit into your hand? And then you lose the opportunity to do that. So kind of watch out to not have a gotcha moment with Bounty Collection. Yeah. Yeah. Be, 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 be sure careful of the order of operations there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I did entirely miss that. So good call out. Good point. Yep. Sweet. Nicely done. All right, guys. We made it through the treasures, <laughs> no, the hunters and travelers. Uh can't wait to play with these. We'll, we're probably going to be right about some and wrong about others, uh, but that's how it goes. It's going to be fun playing with these, though. They're, they're going to add uh, some nice twists to things, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, all right, guys. We are in the final stretch here. Let's head into Community Roundup. All right, guys, uh, we are into 
the fifth hour of this episode of uh, Sparks and Rec, and we are <laughs> Sweet mercy. transitioning into Community Roundup. Just kidding. We're not quite into hour five, but we're getting close. Um, Hail to the Kings is where I'm going to start out with, uh, with Community Roundup. I don't have too much to talk about except to say that uh, Dubs is continuing to face off against King Omsk in oh, the no, he killed me. Challenge. Oh, he already killed you? I'm dead. I signed up again. You know what? I I want to tell you something, Jig. I think that uh, Treasure Map is better than shipping a bottle in the Wizard Mirror. And I learned that the hard way. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. I think it's better in general. I I think it's better in general, but that's just because I like it more. Okay, I I need to update uh, Kings of the Castles here because Dove's lost. Uh, Okay, well, that was good to find out live. As we <laughs> podcast live about the results to King of the Castle. Uh, in Castle B, we have King Daly versus Noodle Tupe. As far as I know, that could be outdated. I haven't looked at the Discord for <laughs> results recently, so that could also be outdated. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about are the uh, grand jousts that are happening right now. Um, if you are a Discord user, you know that the grand joust started uh, about a week or two ago. And it's going in full swing. Everyone seems to be enjoying it. I really like to see how people kind of uh, started playing classes and characters that they hadn't played in a while to prepare for the Joust, which was kind of fun to see. I know it did for me a little bit as well. Uh, Okay, so very quickly, uh, in the Barbarian Joust, the uh, results were Dacassus Meow over his apprentice Meowgan in the final there. Congrats to both of those players who will proceed to the group stage in the bard joust we had uh who won this one romu took down as awesome ass both of those players will proceed to the finals noodle tube beat zembu in the third place match there in the fighter uh joust we had arcanel over our own filter foe but your conversation is that <laughs> you are pre- proceeding to the group stage, though, so congrats there. Uh, we'll have a bronze medal match between Dekatsu's Meow and Zembu for that one as well. Uh, that's it for me for Community Roundup. Dubs, do you have any uh, Community Roundup in- info for us? Yeah, I'll throw out a few extra little joust things if that's all right. As awesome as waiting in the finals for an opponent in the monk joust, so a nice performance by As awesome as. Zembu waiting for an opponent in the Necromancer Joust. Um, and then Bellamil waiting for an opponent in the Human Wizard Joust. So I thought that was uh, nice to see. Nice to see. Also, quick quick shout out to Bellamil, who has done quite well in numerous, of, numerous Jousts and has uh, proceeded to quite deep in many of them. So quick shout out to him to, or, or her as they do well in the Joust. Yeah, and then in the No G's tournament, this is only beta classes, we've got Noodle in the finals waiting for an opponent. He'll face either Kaka, Omsk, Filterphobe, or Double Dubs. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see how that plays out. And then um, Quickfire number four is, another name we've been saying a lot tonight, As Awesome As against Double Dubs. 
So we'll see if uh, I can take home quick fire number four. Quick fire number five is accepting signups. So be on the lookout for that. Otherwise, the event list on the Discord will tell you all of the events that are currently taking signups. That's King of the Castle, the Quick Fire tournaments, and then Eindeluce's recently debuted Echoes of Valor Hero League. The one liner on this is that it's like Thandar Combat League, but you sign up with individual heroes you can sign up with three heroes and you play a league at level 14 so check out the discord for more details on the debut of eindeluce's echoes of valor hero league more to come uh next episode as the joust progresses further and and all these events uh move on um i just want to have a quick shout out to the mentorship program uh as awesome as was my mentee and good to say that the mentorship program has Clearly worked for him. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Got a few grand finals. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I'm still on a few of those jousts that haven't finished, so maybe I get as many as he does, but uh, we'll see how we are. <laughs> Good luck to you. Nice stuff. All right. I think that uh, wraps up a short and sweet community roundup unless there's anything else i think we're good to go all right guys let's transition into the third hour and the outro of this episode all right everybody when you hear those um not dancing violins but kind of the melancholy uh acoustic guitar you know and when you look at your watch and realize you've been listening for three hours, yeah, episode's almost over, guys. Here we are. Um, let's get things started with a quick tap and scrap. Uh, we'll try to keep it short and sweet. Uh, we'll start out with scraps, guys, uh, and then try to end uh, more optimistically with taps. Dubs, you got any scraps for us? You want to lead us off? Have I seen- have I scrapped my internet before on the podcast? <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I think you have. Yeah. You have, ah, but why not do it again? Scrap it again. Scrap you, internet. <laughs> I won't get too into the details of it, but it's continuing to blip in and out on me intermittently. And when you're creating content and working from home, uh, you rely quite a bit on that internet connection. So hopefully we can get things sorted out soon. And that's my scrap. That's pretty good scrap. All right. Uh, Coop, you got any, anything good to scrap here for us? Uh, my scrap will be no dub streams for a while. Um, obviously, I understand <laughs> why there's going to be no dub streams for a while. He's on to, he's got far Aww. greater and better projects to attend to at home. Um, but I appreciate I'm, I'm going to miss that content in my life. So that's my hey, scrap. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, me, me too. But hopefully it won't be too. We'll still get intermittent dubs here and there. I'm, I'm guessing it might not be as consistent as it was before. But he, he can't stay away from us for too long, guys. He loves it too much. You know it. No, no. I'll um, be around. I'm going to save my scrap for Scrap Force, who once again <laughs> missed another recording of Sparks and uh. Rock. So scraps to you, buddy. But he redeemed himself. He pre-redeemed himself with that awesome interview that he and Larry gave uh, with uh, for Doherty. Sure. Rob Doherty. So scraps are not too, they're never permanent, buddy. Uh, so you can take that <laughs> to the bank. Uh, taps, guys. Taps. I'll go first and we'll spin it back around to you guys. I'm going to give a tap to Sparks and Rec, uh, which was uh, selected as one of the top 21 gameplay podcasts by uh, a 
podcast database aggregator called Feedspot. I'm not sure if this is even legitimate or uh, if anyone <laughs> even pays attention to this. But it's but cool. It's cool. Yeah, I looked. It, it was actually, I got an email saying we were in the top 40 of gameplay podcasts. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I looked at the list and we were actually 21. We were just outside yeah. of the top 20, guys. Mm. Uh, but hey, how cool is that? I'll actually leave a link to the uh, list in our show notes if you want to check it out and see, hey, at least someone somewhere recognized our awesomeness. Uh, and by the way, he said it was um, they, they use different things in their algorithm, including like Facebook and social media interaction. But followers was the thing that we were really strong at. We have a really strong a set of followers or subscribers to the podcast, which uh, kind of rocketed us up the list. So thanks for everybody yeah. for thank doing for that. Thanks for the support, pretty cool, everyone. Pretty cool tap. Yeah. yeah. Isn't um, it also true that Sparks and Rec has been downloaded in over 30 countries? So keep those VPNs true. rolling and download it, it in true. more countries. <laughs> Much more than 30 countries, I think, yeah. But a lot of those countries only have like a handful of downloads. But yeah, we are truly cool. international, guys. Yeah, truly love that. Here we go. We're also uh, obviously getting closer to episode 50, and we're also zeroing in on 10,000 downloads. So, you know, we are we're chugging along, guys, and uh, thank you for being along for the ride. Um Coop, let's go back to you. What's your tap of the week? Uh, my tap is that I'm about to go on holidays, which is always nice. Um, yeah. Off to the Sunshine Coast for a for a Quidditch tournament, no less. Um, so nice. that'll be good. Just and taking a few days either side just to do some exploring. So you've earned it, buddy. Yeah, have a good holiday. Dubs, yeah. what are we tapping, bud? I'm gonna tap the hummus recipe that my wife discovered. So I'm a big fan of hummus. All the hummus from the grocery store lately, though, it hasn't been hitting the spot. I haven't been buying it as much. It's felt expensive. But if you make it at home, you can make quite a bit at a good price. And it's the the texture and flavor, it's all been way, way better than the store stuff, anyways. And it hasn't been too bad to make. Um just throw it together in a blender. The recipe she has is kind of crazy. It like you have to like marinate the garlic cloves in lemon juice and like use ice water. I, I think some of it might be a little excessive, but it turns out amazing. So I'm not complaining at all. Um, she's found a great hummus recipe and has been making it uh, a little bit here and there recently. And I, I'm I'm into it. I'm all about it. Hummus is the stuff. You eat it with pita. What do you eat it with? We found these veggie, everything veggie vegetables. everything Ritz crackers. It's just like a Ritz cracker. Oh. Of co- I mean, you can dip. Yeah, I like carrots or whatever. Like, take your dip Celery. of choice. But yeah, pita bread is good or Mediterranean bread is good. Yeah, nice. I've done yeah, pita hummus. crisps yeah, in the past. Yeah. Mm. So there good you go. Stuff. Yeah, that's my some hummus. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Uh, well, I think we don't have to drag this on any further than we already have. I will say my goodbyes here. Um, this possibly could be the last episode of 2023 but never say never there's a chance we'll do a quick emergency reaction uh episode if we can if new content drops if the level 16 stuff shows up or other cool stuff happens we might give a quick reaction but this is probably the last big uh multi-hour mammoth Mm-hmm. Marathon Sparks and Rack episode of 2023. So thanks for sticking with us this year, guys. Really enjoy it. Looking forward to what lies ahead in the future. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, look at, look out for the new monthly meta mashup that will be coming maybe in a week or two. 
uh, and go read the other ones that are already out if you haven't already. Uh, occasionally I stream at twitch.tv slash filtrophobe. Usually it's on a whim when I have a weekend free, so just keep an eye out. I usually post in Realms Rising before <laughs> I go live. Uh, but yeah, thanks again, everyone, for listening, and I hope you have a great time zone friendly uh, outro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, this was epic. Usually I would uh, plug the Twitch stream here, but we're going to be taking a little pause on that. Like I said, I'm going to be working to upload more of the VODs to YouTube, though. So make sure that you're subscribed to the Sparks and Rec YouTube channel. You can even turn on um, notifications there so you know when there is new stuff up and coming. But uh, thank you all so much for hanging out and listening to this episode. And until next time, Stay fresh, cheese bags. You made it to the end of the show. Congratulations. You're a nerd. Tune into the next episode of Sparks and Recreation for more on community events, meta analysis, and everything Hero Realms.